0: Welcome back to the Ministry of Propaganda podcast. Today we've got Eid Marshall. Uh, He is a Palestinian activist, human rights activist, currently residing in Ireland and coming to us as a member of the Communist Party of Ireland. So welcome. Thank you.
1: Thanks,
0: Chris. So just to give a bit of backstory, obviously we've known each other for some time. We actually met, coming on eight years ago, in uh, Uzzan Ramallah, wasn't it, where we first met each other in Palestine?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Uh, all those all those moons ago. Um, unfortunately, it feels like a lot has changed. A lot has stayed exactly the same. Um, if we were to guess where we were back in 2015 when we first met, the situation in Palestine and, and Israel today, I feel like we'd be a bit more optimistic. Uh, do you reckon that optimism was misplaced? Where are mm-hmm. we today, do you reckon?
1: Well, no, listen, so in order for us to continue to exist as Palestinians, we always have to have the optimism. Every day for us, um, we we can't, you see the situation we're in, we can't lose hope. So we're always searching for hope and we're optimistic that things will change because we are the rightful in this uh, struggle and uh, we know that the, the good will beat evil one day. So that's what we're counting on. As in, as in things on the ground, really, it's been a roller coaster of change in politics within the Israeli uh, governments. Uh, didn't really change much for us. Seeing as how they, uh, they seem to get their way uh, doing what they do without any punishment or any denunciation of of any of the international uh, like superpowers around. So. Uh, you know the, the the situation hasn't improved much for us but we see change within the israeli community itself there is a lot of voices nowadays a lot to more uh, louder uh, speaking of the injustices that are happening to our people so that's that's at least that's the optimistic bit that i can h- highlight for now
0: yeah yeah that is something that i've sort of noticed myself to be honest i remember uh must have been about 10 years ago um abby martin and um, the journalist as part of the empire files on youtube Um she did a, an expose where she went into the streets of israel uh speaking to people about their opinions on the conflict then and one thing that comment that always stuck in my head of some uh israeli guy saying that he's classes himself as a bit of a leftist but in israeli society leftist and liberal is a very dirty word the incredibly niche and just the the right-wing almost zionist orthodox view
1: yeah
0: it was not just the mainstream but the overwhelming majority and it does seem to be changing on the streets in the knesset things are very much how they always have been i feel but uh, in the streets at least I think I feel like we did say this like ten years ago. But in, in public opinion, Palestine has already won on a world on the world stage. The public are with Palestine. It's getting the governments to change their policies and their opinions. Unfortunately, with with a power base as strong as Israel, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Now let me uh, just. Um tell you here that uh, that during one of the elections in uh, in the united states they asked fidel castro uh, which candidate would you lean towards to make the situation better with yourselves and his answer was like uh, do you have a preference between your left shoe or right shoe it's the same same shoes but that was his answer then and that would be my answer now any change of politics, whether it seems to be going towards the left or right within the Israelis, the outcomes are the same. Because I can I can tell you something now, Chris. Uh, in, the, in the last government, before Bibi came back for the sixth time, uh, they are now the opposition. But what did they do? Yeah. What did they do? Have they, have they not murdered Abu Abakhli? Have they not killed uh, innocent uh, protesters? Have they not killed innocent people going to work? Children. The outcomes for us are pretty much the same. The only thing that you need to, uh, that can create change is the fact that the Israelis now have um, woken up to a fact that the extreme religious groups that they have are not paying taxes. They are multiplying because they're, they don't work. And they're just, they're, they're doing the extreme, you know, radical thing where they're, they're just focused on their, you know, uh, religious practices and all these other things that they do and because the number, their numbers are increasing and they're now reaching to be at least near the 50 percent and they're demanding to take power and that is bad for the other side of the israeli community because it's taken a lot from them now the direction is which you've seen um, everybody obviously has seen that there's been riots and protests in, in Israel. Thousands of people are going down to the streets. And that is because Netanyahu, he's, he's corrupt. He's been uh, in court for corruption before in Israel. And he wants to protect himself, like do a, a blast blanket immunity kind of thing by changing the laws that they have to protect himself. And the only way he can do it is by siding with those groups. So he brought the likes of ben and Smotrich, these people are uh, troublemakers. They've been in, uh, in courts, Israeli courts. They Even the Israeli extremists think they're extremists. Yes. Their, uh, their, their, uh, their idol is uh, Goldstein, the guy who went into the... Uh, in Hebron and shot the, prayer, the people praying while they were praying. He killed 50 people, that man. That's their idol. The, he's their hero. So even in the eyes... Of it, you know left but still very national national proud uh, of the entity of uh, Zionist entity of Israel, this change of dynamics within the Israeli community and the population are not allowed because they're taking their freedom as well. They're not only the, our freedom has been taken a long time ago now, but we hopefully will get it back. But they're going to be taken. They're all people's freedom on the other side of the equation. So that what makes them now rise and realize look that something has to change here.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And this uh judicial change that's been been causing these protests in, in Israel that uh Bibi has been trying to put through. Of course this is he's been doing this as a direct response to his own uh indictments for corruption. He's doing this for personal reasons and like you said the, it's almost selling your soul to the devil that he's had to make these pacts with some of the most extreme politicians in Israel. Yeah. Uh, the guy who's just been made uh, Minister of National Security, mm-hmm. who, who has been uh, leading Zionist marches to the Temple Mount. Uh, incredible, inflammatory man who wants to make his own National Guard that is basically only answerable to himself. Basically, a Jewish SS. Um, I don't think it's it's derogatory for me to say that. Um, it's not. This is, and it almost feels to me that in the West, a lot of people will instantly say, oh, you're an anti-Semite if you equate Zionism with fascism. But there were always historical links between the two. Uh, there was a saying that one of our mutual friends used to always say that the only things the, Nat- the Zionists learned from the Nazis is how to be them. The only thing that they really omitted was the anti-Zionist, but the, the anti-Semitism,
1: the rest of it they just picked up and went with. Same exact, yeah, same exact. And uh, look, the, the, the thing is now, it used to be a belief that they tried to hide um, by political and diplomatic training. But today, you know, you see, you see this uh, ben uh, terrorist. Uh, he, uh, he's, he wants his own army. And not, not the army that belongs to the country. He wants to rule a militia. In a way, look, this is, the examples of this, Like you know, th- there was a deployment of a certain militias as such in in, um, in the north of uh, the island of Ireland. And uh, the things they've done back then, they're called the black and tan. They're, um, I, I'm sure you, you're aware of this, but the, the things they've done then are, are just similar to what the Nazis done, are similar to what the Israelis are doing, but it's going to get a lot worse. And the thing is, you have to keep in mind that, as an example from what we're seeing in the news every day about Sudan, so in Sudan, they have a leader of the army and they have a militia leader. Now they're fighting yeah. amongst each other. Now, think about this. If Bingfir wasn't given his way, what is he going to do? Yeah. It doesn't You don't really need to research this. The man is insane. Yeah. He is openly call him for the killing of children and women and men, innocent, you know, all of that, he doesn't care. Yeah. And I don't see how you can call yourself the only diplomatic uh, uh, state in the whole Middle East when you have someone like that representing you. Also, the other guy we, we forgot to mention, Smotrich, he's the minister of finance. He was brought in from on the same crew with, uh, with Ben Gvir. That man, about two weeks ago, was standing... T- Open in, in a state conference, speaking on how um, Israel's borders are from Farat and Iraq all the way to the Nile in Egypt. And they're saying Jordan belongs to us. So even Jordan, they, they're mentally occupying Jordan right now. They're getting prepared to that, to do that. That is very provocative and internationally frowned upon. You cannot say things like that. But they get away with it. That's the point. They do get away with it. Like idiots, but they're not. They're carrying on a propaganda. That's the same propaganda that um, the Zionist entity of Israel was created upon. That's what they originally wanted. And that's what these kids are going after now. So,
0: Yeah. I was going to say, it in terms of how much they do get away with, which is so shocking to people who don't follow it, uh, because obviously we've, we've got a war in Europe um, at the moment, so everyone every time there's a strike, everyone in the West collectively gasps, like, oh, attacking your neighbour. But every other week you hear a passive story that Israel's just fired rockets into Damascus. Mm-hmm. Like, Is Israel at war with Syria? No, they no. just do it arbitrary, and nobody bats an eyelid. Nobody says, hang on, should you just be willy-nilly attacking your neighbour? Is not... you war with you since the 60s and the constant threats of war between israel and iran um was it last year where killed some nuclear scientist in, in iran and it was it was like something out of james bond it was a machine gun in a car that an automated machine gun with, with, with no shooter yeah no the... but again it's absolutely fine because israel the only democracy in the middle east
1: <laughs> yes. as they keep saying yes so uh, look the the way things are going are obviously exposing the, the the politics and the double standard of the only unilateral power in, in the world at the minute which is the United States of America they, they, it feels okay. like and I'm pretty sure almost that they have a secret ceremony where whoever is gonna run for president has to go and and vow and and, and bow uh, to to serve the Zionist movement in the world before they get anointed. Uh, you know appointed in the united states as we've seen uh these videos uh, surfaced of uh, probably the only one sentence that uh, joe biden had said without uh, messing it up is that i don't have to be jewish to be a zionist i am a zionist and if i have to choose i will go over back again in life and i'll be a zionist over and over again he said that and then you have trump yeah? yeah And, you know, the the connections that he has with the Zionist movement. Now, if if we're going to talk about Trump, we're probably going to spend the whole time. Most Christians in America.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Obama once uh, pointed out in one of his interviews, uh, in one of his more opponent sort of interviews, where he said the main job of America is to uh, ensure that America's got fuel, got oil. And I always view Israel as it's America's sphere of influence in the Middle East which is why they are allowed to get away with anything. Uh, since we've entered the new era of sort of imperialism, uh, where the old style of colonialism became unfashionable, uh, you couldn't just turn up to countries of uh, foreign countries and install white leaders and, and expect that to be fine like it was back, back in the day. But Israel's, it's a modern version of that. It keeps a sphere of the oil flowing everybody in check in the region a nuclear power that has never admitted to having nukes which is insane
1: <laughs> no i mean uh, the daemona uh, nuclear power plant is is very clear you can see it uh, even on your samsung phone camera you know or, or whatever camera you use you don't even have to fly a drone above it it's right there now yeah. let me get back to something you said chris palestines uh, Geographic location, it separates. So the idea came before the the establishment of that uh, state. They, the, The decision was by the colonialist powers at the time is that how do we not have a unity in Arab rich countries because of the natural resources at the time? And the decision was that in order for them to split after the obviously the, the, it was being studied before the collapse of the ottoman empire yeah but but the the, the idea was set in place that in order for them to separate asia from Af- north africa and split the Arabs in half they have to have to pick somewhere to 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 destroy and install their own you know people in and it was it was great because as you know that Palestine has a lot of religious significance. Yeah. So they have them to play on the reason of back in the day 5,000 years ago, a certain tribe lived here. Now, I'm sure that tribe wasn't from Poland or Russia, uh, you know, as the ones that live here today. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that also, I'll come back to that now about, you know, the, uh, the background and the ethnic uh, background of, of the struggle. That they claim they're rightful owners of our land. Uh, so they 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 installed Israel there for the main purpose of keeping control of the natural resources going between the you know the west and east with Europe and uh, sorry with uh, with Asia and North Africa. So that's 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 mainly what it is. So you're 100% spot on uh, in the sense that the natural resources were the main reason. There was nothing else between us and them. We've never, you know, and just to go back to what I said earlier, when the Israeli, when sorry, when the Jewish uh, refugees arrived to Palestine, the Palestinian men and women were standing on two sides of the street throwing roses at them because they're saying, welcome, you you need us and we're here for you. Yeah, They weren't attacked, they weren't, they were welcomed. We have still... Jew- people from the Jewish faith living in Nablus, uh, Samaritan, uh, they're, they're there. And nobody ever bothers them. In fact, they'll be the first ones at the checkpoint when things heat up.
0: Yeah, I- I've met Jews myself in Nablus who are Palestinian. Yes,
1: and they're, they're, they're no less Palestinian than me or any other Palestinian. In fact, we, we we love each other as Palestinians. As a makeup of us, we don't really differentiate on uh, based on religion or ethnic minorities. You've lived there. Uh, we have uh, people from Durzi, an uh, uh, ethnic minority there. We have uh, people, Kurdish people. We have people from everywhere. And it's never been a problem. Even under the the, the struggle we have and the, whatever the Israelis are trying to install between us, it's not working. Mainly, you know, uh, there is obviously been a divide between uh, the political leaders, but in the same family home in Palestine, you have someone from Fatah, someone from Hamas, someone who's a communist. never been an issue. So... That's, that's the point that I'm trying to get to here. So whenever they came from Europe because they were seeking refuge, people were happy to have them. Yeah. Then was establishment of the Mossad. So this is a fact that I, I, I would like for our audience also to know. Before the creation of the government of Israel, there was the creation of the intelligence, the Mossad. This is the only country in the world, literally, that started by an intelligence group. And that intelligence group, my friend, what they've done is they fed, they took obviously support back then from the British uh, government, and they fed it to the to, to those uh, Musad who, by, in their turn, um, recruited gangs. And those gangs created massacres in villages. And the way they've done it was was not even mentioned in a Quentin Tarantino movie, my friend. It was it was horrible. There was killing. There was they were opening the uh, stomachs of pregnant women and hanging the babies by their necks. And they're shooting men by thousands. There are examples of that, you know, um, in in in, uh, in Palestine. And the next village would hear the news that these monsters are coming. So what do they do? They, they have nothing. They have no uh, military training. They have no weapons. They have no finances. They have nothing. So they pick up and leave, which led to... About six point five million Palestinians as refugees today. Seventy percent of Palestinians, seventy percent of the population of Palestine, seek refuge because of that. Another fact: one out of three refugees in the world today is Palestinians. Yes, from from Palestine. So, so it's it's not nobody really talks about that. Nobody talks about the fact that we welcomed them. And they started killing us. Yeah, and
0: in fact, uh, as. An anecdote that I remember here: and when the British first proposed setting up a, a Jewish state in palestinian Mandate, when it was under British control, the head rabbi of Jerusalem protested it and wrote a letter saying, "Don't do this. This is a land that, for centuries, has lived with different religions. This, this is." This land is the birthplace of Jesus. Muhammad walked here. Moses came here. That this is sacred to all three Abrahamic religions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't give one group not just supremacy over the other, but the most violent form of of ethnic authority over, over the other other groups. Zionism wasn't just a religious movement that came; it was a it was a movement of national racism. That's
1: right. That is right. And that's
0: what people in the West fail to understand. So many times when I speak to people about Palestine, who don't understand it, their base knowledge is it's two countries next to each other that can't get along, I said, so, "No, it's one country on top of another."
1: <laughs> no, and do you know what? Just uh, maybe to. Uh... To, to get on to, to that question of, of or the confusion of two countries. So Palestine was uh, 48, uh, the land in 48 was already taken now, and they they living in it. Then we went to 67, uh, which is the West Bank. We call it today the West Bank. Yeah. The West Bank is, uh, 62 of the West Bank is under full Israeli control. Yes. Of the space, 62 of it which leaves 224 small islands of villages and towns in Palestine they're separated by checkpoints the wall and settlements the apartheid system that they created and this this is this has been said by leaders of the south african freedom movement that actually ended the apartheid in south africa What's going on in Palestine today is above uh, apartheid. It's, it's it's genocide, really. Yeah. So you're talking about 224 small uh, islands, and uh, six 642 checkpoints that are permanent, other than the temporary ones that come and go. We lose 60 million hours a year on checkpoints, just waiting. It costs about 247 million U.S. dollars. Uh, worth of additional gasoline. This is uh, when you're when you're just waiting there. Environmentally speaking, if you care about the environment, we spend 135,000 more tons of carbon dioxide while we're trying to go to our state it, It's insane. A trip yeah. that takes you 20 minutes takes you four hours, and you might get humiliated or killed on the way. You don't know, depending on the mood. So the settlements are illegal by international law. Even the yes. ICJ, the useless organization that gets money from Israel and America to make decisions based on their desire, like whatever happened in Ukraine, within two weeks, they had 63 rules against uh, Russia of sanctions against Russia for their acts against Ukraine, which, which I understand. I have no problem with that. Yes, it's a military occupation. You should punish them. But 63 within two weeks and not one in 75 years. Where is any, any sanctions yeah. by these people? Where are they? Where does the moral compass uh, to go when it's us? And where does it go with somebody else? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Israel have broken more UN resolutions than Saddam Hussein ever did. Yeah. And look what happened there. It just shows how useless, a, for one, how useless an international body the UN is. That literally anyone can go and give a pretty speech, but that is all it ever amounts to because America can veto anything and until recently uh, there is a line of conversation that we're going to get into later but yeah. it's always been that Israel can act with impunity and America's always got its back
1: yeah that's right that's right so the the other thing that there are uh, the segregation created by uh, by uh, by the Israeli occupation within the West Bank, which they control 62 of. So I'm not really good with math. How much is left for us, 38 after that? Yeah, the 38, 18% of it, of the 38 still, uh, se- separated by the wall. And the wall is not protecting yeah. Palestinians from Israelis. The wall is excluding Palestinians from other Palestinians because they have no right to be in the West Bank in the first place. So the illegal settlements, plus the wall, what are you left with? You have 60,000 Palestinians are denied access to services in hospitals and whatnot, only on set times. So you have to go between this hour and this hour. And it doesn't matter if it's an emergency. If you have a pregnant woman or someone having a heart attack or a stroke, you're pretty much done, my friend, because they're not allowed. No services and crossing to near towns and villages, and 18% of the 38% that we still have left. So we are under settler occupation, which is also something that has not been talked about much. Other than the fact that we're the longest occupation in modern history, we're talking at a type of occupation that's called settler occupation. A lot of people think, you know, they compare Palestine to what's going on to Ukraine today. Now, again, I think what's going on in Ukraine is horrible for the people of Ukraine. Now, I don't feel much sympathy for the government or the, you know, just the people, obviously, yeah. by the people. Uh, we have a settler occupation, which is completely different than military occupation. Military occupation, they go in, they do what they have to do, and we all agree it's wrong. But settler occupation, they take your land, they take your resources, and... You become second, if not third class citizen, and there is no justice for you, and and that is represented obviously by what they call uh, administrative uh, detention,
0: I mean, which is a throwback from British rule. The Israelis yes. literally stole it from Britain. Um, just if you could just explain what what that is.
1: Yeah, so you can be detained, imprisoned. Uh, for up to an open amount of time, nobody really, without having to attend court or get uh, accused of anything. There's a man, he was taken for 10 years. Uh, He was actually on hunger strike, not once seen the courtroom, 10 years in detention, not once seen it. And that is certainly a huge breach of human, human rights. You can't just take someone, not explain to them what they've done, Keep them for more than ten years without even seeing the inside of a courtroom. So um, we have, we, we have, you know what? It's 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 unreal what they get away with. It's you know racial discrimination in in the sense that even the water, Israel controls 85 percent of the water resources from the West Bank. That's water. It can't live without water. They control that. They dispose of their garbage in our villages and towns because they took up the high hilltops and the mountains. So, they, so that's where they build their settlements. I'm talking only about the West Bank. So the practices and, and the way things are going is, is really scary that uh, not, not, it's not being really disclosed in the way it, it actually is on the ground. So for the people who ask, us uh, it two countries fighting? It's not. It's, it's really what I said. It's uh, small uh, villages and towns separated by walls and settlers and army and checkpoints and, and uh, all the money is taken and all the water is taken and they can't practice and they can't work and they can't access services. It's a prison. Yes.
0: And on top of that... I mean, it's been described by that, many especially Gaza, it is the world's largest
1: open-air prison. Yeah. And... Um, and saying that and talking about that, uh, prisons have walls, yeah? We have 850 kilometers in length and eight meters high wall that I was dis- ta- discussing earlier, I was talking about earlier. It's three times as long and twice as high as the Berlin Wall. So, yeah. you know, when the international, uh, when the allies or whoever talks about celebrating the, the collapse of the Berlin Wall, can they, you know, not think of another wall that hasn't collapsed yet? And why the, why is it there in the first place? If you think walls are wrong, why are you funding this? Again, yeah. it's not protecting Israelis from Palestinians. It's only killing Palestinians every day.
0: And I think what you just said there, just to touch on that point of why are you funding it? Most people don't realize that it is us. This is coming from... In the West, this is our pockets that are being rinsed to pay mm. for this apartheid. We give Britain, between Britain, America, and its allies, billions a year to Israel. And yeah. it always shocked me when, it, when it, walking through Jerusalem, um, seeing a Israeli ambulance, and the ambulance on the side of it said, "This has been donated by so and so Jewish group in America." So, because their public money doesn't even go into their own system every penny that they get goes on military and then everything that, that everything else they need is just donated by
1: uh groups in the west that civilian groups that's right and just to 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 finish talking about the wall there is a woman in bethlehem uh, she is an old house that's been there for maybe hundreds of years she uh, goes up to the roof to dry her laundry to, to put it and uh, she received a big delegation of the Israeli army, and she was asked to never go up on a roof. And when she said why, they told her that she is a threat to the wall. How do you threaten a wall? Uh, how uh, one woman putting her laundry to dry is a threat to the wall? So you know, it's uh, it's it's. It is what it is, but hopefully this will all go away um, in our lifetime. I'd like to see that end in our lifetime, hopefully.
0: I I I do have faith in that. I, I feel like these sort of atrocities have been allowed to get away for so long because people didn't know. Like when you look at like genocide throughout history of things like of like the killing fields in Cambodia and how it was able to be denied it's because they lived in a time where they weren't connected like they are now and these days everybody's got a cell phone you can't get away with this type of things that you could back then without it being filmed an Israeli soldier shooting an armed woman bang straight away it's filmed on on YouTube it's on Facebook it's on TikTok everybody's seen it and that's the sort of winning of hearts and minds of getting people to understand what's going on unfortunately getting the governments to to take action is a much harder task because as we've seen the government don't give a shit what the people think because as as Biden said I am a Zionist and he's a Zionist till the day he dies because that is US interests and that's
1: that's what matters to them well there is a hope at the end of that that uh, now we see things change on the international level there is the BRICS, uh, they call themselves now the uh, the brazil uh, algeria and uh, south africa and russia are uh, they're, they're now economically are uh, being you know united and and that what that can do is that they're using their own you know currencies and they're no longer dealing with us dollars and they're uh, controlling yeah. the price of, of oil um, opposite to what the american uh, government want and um, you know it's it hurts the most when it hits the pockets, as we know. The, the American government is not interested in what the American people want. I mean, there is a school shooting every every week in America, and nobody's doing nothing about it because they're talking about the law that was made uh, during Abraham Lincoln or whoever that was. Oh, no, we, we all have to have guns. And this is killing their children, their people's children, but they don't care about that because all they care about is finances. They need to sell weapons. They need to manufacture weapons. They need to create... Fractions in countries where two sides fight each other. They don't care about the innocent people dying and Israel is a great example of that you see Israel because of Israel they the Americans are selling a lot of weapons to other neighboring Arab countries uh, Either to attack them or to side with them if anybody ever wishes to attack them like the uh, Bin Zayed the traitor in Emirates and uh, other examples that I'm not going to get into uh, during this uh, podcast, but uh, but that's it. It's all about finances. So when the finances are hit, when the economy is hit, they might start to realize that, oh, look, we might start looking for alternatives and maybe ease off a bit on the on the, on the Palestinians. And I, I actually don't see that happening, as they would say that they need to ease off on the Palestinians because it becomes uh, normal for them. But what I'm hoping for is that we no longer have one superpower. We have another one and, and like the world should go into three uh again so hopefully china will pick up uh, don't have much hope that russia will, will pick up after what's going on but i think china is is, uh, is the future now and uh, the chinese have a very good international uh, yeah so the, the hope that we have now is that um, as we've discussed earlier, the uh, the American uh, government is not fair and they're not going to do anything about it. But there is hope now that, uh, you see, with, with the, the way things are going, the economy um, is going to be a big factor in this because if China and, and Russia and, and other countries are, are uniting together and they're, they're supporting each other economically, which goes against the US dollar. Um, if, we, if If in these few coming years, that continues to happen. What will happen is that we will not have one unilateral power, one superpower, which is the U.S., carrying on the same way they did. We have hoped that maybe China and Russia will be at play, too. And, you know, the policy of China, I've, I've, myself, I'm a big fan of, of the, the Chinese Communist Party and their policies on international politics. They don't intervene. Uh, they, they support if, if you are willing to work with them. Uh, they're pretty much fair in their approaches and um and what will happen is that maybe you know the organizations that take decisions to change things will start taking the case of Palestine a lot more seriously when there is somebody else on the table saying look we are as big here yeah um so you know yeah
0: and I, I think like, what you say about it is money that rules these sort of decisions. And in this sort of we're now entering this period of um the era of multipolarism where America isn't the only power. Um, of course with what's going on in Ukraine at the moment, where China have now been mediating peace between Ukraine and Russia, and the China have just done the same between Saudi and Iran. So oh. now the Chinese are gonna have the go at seeing if they can find something something easy now. <laughs> Let's do Israel or Palestine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, look, utilizing the big bad wolf in, in children's stories is literally what's going on. Yeah. So in order for the U.S. to control the natural resources of Saudi Arabia and other Gulf countries, well, you know, regardless of how insignificant some of them are, but they still have money, um, they, they, what they're doing is that they're threatening that, look, we're going to protect you if Iran attacks you. So they're playing on the Sunni Shiite uh, card. You know, same yeah. thing they're doing... You know, they they create these little, you know, like Taiwan, for instance, oh, we have to protect Taiwan from them, so we have a deal with Japan, so we're just going to keep sending Navy ships to provoke the Chinese. Like, why would you do that? What is Nancy Pelosi doing in in Taiwan, in the first place, talking to the parliament? What what are they trying to do? I mean, this is a lot bigger. They're not going to run over these countries. And listen, I don't care what anybody believes. What's going on in Ukraine? It's not just the Ukrainian army fighting the Russians. I mean, those documents that were released not long ago, they talk about the involvement of the NATO going in wearing Ukrainian clothes. And that's the same thing, sure, they've done in Iraq. They couldn't go into Al-Fallujah. It took them 18 days to try and enter fallujah But then they went in Baghdad for, well, it took them half an hour to take Baghdad over. But people don't understand. Oh, the the army, uh, Saddam's people just let him down and that was that. It wasn't. They deployed some of the um, guerrilla tactics, guerrilla war tactics, that the Israelis are using in Palestinian villages to enter any town because they they, they couldn't do it any other way. They're wearing the Israeli, you know, the Israeli army is wearing the American uh, uniform, and uh, now the NATO is wearing uh, Ukrainian uniform. There is no way Russia is struggling this much with the army of Ukraine. Even Ukrainians don't believe that, by the way. And obviously, the evidence of that is the leak that went on from the Pentagon about the guy who's twenty-two years old who uh, leaked it to his friends on a chat group. So it, it's not, that, you know, it's not Mission Impossible anymore. Things things changed, and, and people should be aware of that.
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah. quote uh, by Lenin where he says that there are decades. There are weeks where decades happens, and there are decades where weeks happen. And yeah. I feel like we are in a period now where everything is going very quickly and unfortunately with a war the outcome is never certain what can be a superpower one week is gone the next
1: yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right look um there is there is 55 journalists who were killed since 2000 journalists are protected under law not to be you know attacked. healthcare workers first aid providers no one has ever been punished to that. And if we, we have to mention Shireen Abu Akleh here, because you said something about uh, a woman gets shot and nothing is done about it. Shireen Abu Akleh, 25 years, reported for, for Al Jazeera, an international broadcast news station. She was shot and killed in front of the cameras. She was shot by a sniper. She was wearing a helmet. She was wearing all the gear to protect herself from you know uh, ricochets or anything. But that guy, he shot her right under her ear where the only part that the helmet will not cover. And that is not a mistake. You couldn't shoot someone in a place where they will definitely die yeah. with a headshot from about 400 meters. They never apologized. That person hasn't served. They denied it at first. Of course, of course. It was one of the Janine boys who shot her with a sniper mm. because Janine has snipers, you know. Not only that, to to to, to you know to uh, to get the right picture, don't look at what happened just to Shireen in front of the cameras and they them denying it. What was their reaction during Shireen's funeral? They went into the French hospital in Jerusalem and beat the people holding the coffin. They threw gas yeah. and tear bombs and and, and uh, sound and you know they just beat everyone with. with some of the guys had uh, fractured. Uh, the ones holding the coffin. There is a video footage of that. In, in, in Nalim, I'll give you another example. In Nalim, there is every Friday, uh, they go out to protest the wall that have taken their town in half, the village. So one of the guys, and the video is on the internet, and I hope anyone who's interested to see it, go and search. I will certainly not put it in the link because it's very hard to watch. But if, if you think you're strong enough and, and you want to see something like this, Go for it. Nalim village, a man holding a flag, Palestinian flag, unarmed, standing with a group of uh, protesters, not doing anything, because what are they gonna do? There is nothing to throw rocks at in the first place. It's just the wall. They stand uh, against the wall and they chant for freedom. The Israeli army go in, they take the man, they handcuff him, blindfold him, right? Put him on the ground for two and a half hours, and then the, the sergeant, the big uh, big uh, rank in, in the army at the time in that unit, orders one of the soldiers to shoot the man. He shot him four times, dead, from one point five meter distance, in front of the cameras, and the other protesters. Not served a second in jail, not been told off even, and they picked up and left. Nothing happens. It's with impunity. Nothing happens. Constant
0: with impunity and it doesn't seem to change. One of the ones that always sticks in my head uh was this was when when we were both there, the case of Baby Ali, who was uh the some settlers had come to Hebron, set fire to a man's house, and the baby was burnt to death in that in the house. And was released by the Israeli police. No mm-hmm. uh they they burnt the house and the man and there was no charges ever made.
1: Yes, I believe there is two stories like this. There is uh, Khadir and uh, Ali. Uh, uh, the The child, the, the whole family died. The, the child was burnt badly. The Wabshi, the Wabshi yeah. family. And uh, then, obviously, there was the big media thing about it. I think Cristiano Ronaldo sent him a T-shirt or something. It was big at the time. But there's another guy who was uh, taken, uh, abducted. He was with his cousin. The settlers beat him and his cousin up. And... Uh, they took they took one of them uh Abu, Abu Khdir. and the, the way they did it they put tires on him and they lit the tires and burnt him to death and also they celebrated obviously it was almost like a ritual for them they were dancing and singing as they burnt the poor child alive Ala, i think his name Ala Abu Khdir. i'm sorry my memory is not great uh, but uh, this is not because, uh, my, actually, it's not because of my memory. It's because of the, the reoccurrent happening. so of, many. So many. And, and you couldn't, you know. But, uh, you know, it's all it's all terrible. It's all, it's all happening uh, in this day and age. And, you know, it's, uh, it's getting worse, actually. It's, the, the thing about it is, the incompetence of the Palestinian political groups to to utilize and deploy some sort of resistance yeah. is almost never. I think it's never going to happen uh, now because um, you've yeah. seen examples of, of even uh, you know freedom fighter movements like uh, Jihad al-Islami and Hamas. The last time Israel went into Gaza, they killed members and leaders of the Jihad al-Islami, and Hamas took side. They let them do it. Yeah. In Gaza, this is Gaza, where Hamas reckons they can uh, take over, the, 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 you know, protect. and uh... So this incompetence and device that we have between political parties and uh, their leadership having allegiances to different countries that uh, prohibit them from, from doing something has led to what we see today. Today we see individual acts of heroism by people who are not affiliated to any political parties. Yeah. There's examples of that uh, from people who never have any, uh, you know, uh, training in, in military or anything. Uh, there's uh, a guy who killed uh, 14 Israelis uh, and he there was a woman and her daughter. And he says to them during he was carrying out his uh, operation, he said to them, I don't shoot innocent people. I don't shoot women. Please go. And the woman was on national TV in Israel and said he told her that because they had obviously to question why he wasn't she shot. And she says to like, yeah. well, the guy was doing that and he told me I don't hurt innocent people. I don't hurt uh, children. Go. Uh, and this guy doesn't have the code of conduct training by the army, you know, like you, you, you think they, these guys had. They don't. But uh, so what, what you see today is acts, individual acts, People who have suffered, like people who have been traumatized, you know, yeah. uh, generations after generations have been have been traumatized by by the occupation and what it's doing to them. Someone who lost a close friend, someone who lost a parent. Like Cheri uh, Alkom, that guy uh, from uh, not long ago, they had uh, settlers had killed his, fa- his grandfather. He's named after his grandfather, Khairi. Yeah, they killed him in the same street. When the kid reached uh, the age of 18, uh, he's seen things aren't slowing down, and settlers are even getting worse. So he went out and he done an operation in front of the what they say it was in front of the uh, their temple, but it wasn't really. It wasn't. Um, I think seven was the was the result of that. He was obviously then uh, he fought back and he was uh, murdered on on scene. But listen, the thing is. Even we were we were told after the peace that we actually every single human being, Palestinian or Palestinian um, activist from other nationalities, because it's a global it's a global uh, matter. It's not just it's not local for us. There's a lot of people yes. uh, who feel for us and who, who actually are invested in this. Like you know the ones I, I actually really have to salute the, the Irish uh, solidarity campaign for for Palestine. They're doing great work. There's a lot of groups like that around. In the UK and everywhere, including yourself, Chris, uh, it's it's it, this is personal for you as well. So it's, it's not just about Palestinians. Now, uh, what I'm trying to say is that they, they what uh, what is going on, is that they need to start putting sh- shedding light to to the fact that these people in palestine i personally every one of us has given everything to the peace yes and there is no results they were we were trying to build relationships they were planning on how to take more from us we chant for freedom they chant for our death we try to see change in in their communities the change is only happening when their freedom is attacked not ours our freedom has always been attacked for them it's become normal it's a normalization of, of uh, dehumanization of, of the Palestinian people. So it's also really good to see when, you know, the news says Israel is denouncing the occupation of Ukraine. Really. <laughs> All the kettle black, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing yeah. how these things come up on the news. And people just uh, read the headline and, and and go, wow! Thank you, Israel. You're doing you're doing a great job here. <laughs> peace was uh, peace is always our first option. Still is. We hope for uh, for a generation of Israelis that say enough is enough. Let's live together. We actually don't want to live with them. Give us our state and keep uh, the stolen land that you took in '48. Just give us what the international law says is ours. It reminds me of a quote
0: by Yasser Arafat and I know it's a quote that you know very well um that he gave at the United Nations where he says I come with a
1: freedom fighter, fighter.
0: Fight in one hand and a freedom fighter's gun in the other don't let me drop the olive branch
1: we never dropped the gun except for Mahmoud Abbas he not only dropped the gun he um, he dropped more than the gun and maybe his trousers even <laughs> he, dropped <the> gun, Italy. <laughs> yeah. he did he did but uh, not just him, you know. It's, it seems to be a trend now to to be submissive and surrender for financial uh, gains. But that doesn't take yeah, from leaders, from the political would... party that he's the head of. In fact, uh, most of the people in Palestine that belong to Fatah are uh, are now uh, extremely, you know, agitated with uh, with the way things are going. Um, not not to also forget that uh, now we have. Organized uh, groups uh, like uh, in Nablus, you have areen al-Sud, and you have the Jenin Brigade, you have the Tulkarem Brigade, and uh, and then obviously Kataeb Shuhada al-Aqsa, the al-Aqsa Brigades as well are coming back, and they're not uh, following the leadership of uh, of Mahmoud Abbas; they're doing their own thing, to to try and protect and preserve whatever is left from our honor and our uh, our safety in our villages. So. Uh, you know we have we have to 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 talk about that too
0: so so i think this evening i think we might we might have to wrap it up there yeah. um to be honest what i'd like to do is i we would like to get you back on very soon um, and okay. i feel like we've we've been letting the side down and in, in that it's taken this long to get you on um so if you're happy to come back on very soon, we'd love to see you again. I know our audience would love to hear more of it. And we'll see if we can get this as a semi, semi-regular semi event.
1: I am more than happy to do a regular thing, even, you know, uh, we can, we can uh, obviously discuss that uh, after this is over. And yes, I'm more than happy to do that. And I know there's a lot we haven't covered. And I, I would definitely like to come out and see you again, Chris. And thank you very much for so having so me now we're such a short ocean between us now <laughs> oh we can do it we can do it hopefully <laughs> soon
0: yeah. yeah well for our viewers at home thank you very much for watching the ministry of propaganda and you'll see us in the week
1: all right thank you everyone thanks thanks Chris.